Welcome to the Kaidas Nation. Kayak Bass Nation is presented by Dugout Bait and Tackle. Go to dugoutfishing.com to find everything you need for your next kayak bass fishing tournament. Hope you enjoy the show. Jeff Malat, Lunch Money Lambert, Also sponsored by Revo Sunglasses. Go to Revo.com, use code KBN25 to save 25% off your next order. Revo, best lenses on earth. Also sponsored by Western Sun Vodka. Go to westernsundistillery.com and use the bottle finder to find a bottle near you. All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome to KBN Live. Happy Monday. Ryan Lambert rolling in straight off the road, huh? Buddy, it's been a long day. It has been a real long day. You literally just pulled in from Pennsylvania, didn't you? Like right meow. Yeah, it took 12 hours. Traffic was bad. Me and Marshall had to stop and do some uh, some shopping for some pike tackle, whatever that is. Uh, so here we are. Hey, speaking of Marshall, check check the uh, the drip. Isn't that what the kids say? The drip? Yeah. You got the Marshall fishing shirt on right here. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he, uh, he hooked me up with mine up there too. Yeah. Shout out to Jay Marshall. Yeah, man. Uh, I'm excited. Are y'all leaving this week for that, for the Hobie Worlds? <laughs> Saturday. Saturday, okay. All right. Saturday, my boy's first trip out the country. Oh, That's we're going to have a good time. We're going to have a really good time. I've been watching YouTube videos the whole 12-hour drive home. I'm pretty much a uh, perch and pike expert, if anybody has any questions. That's good. That's good. We're gonna be I can now speak too. Swedish or something, whatever they speak over yeah. there, Has too. Has that always been on Tourney X? I feel like that hasn't been on Tourney X before. I don't think so. Uh-uh. Yeah, I don't so think we'll so. We'll be able to actually follow this time on Tourney X. So. And Dwayne is going to be there. If I have any problems, I can yell at him directly instead of making a vague KBN post. So. Will he be able to message the uh, embassy in case there's a problem? He is an expert messenger. Yeah, no. For He he is the messenger. He's the Good official Team USA messenger. That's what uh, that's what his jersey is going to say. Thank you, Steve Fields. All right. Hey, uh, we got people sliding in here from YouTube and Facebook. Uh, the YouTube audience has been booming lately, so we appreciate you all over on YouTube and always on Facebook. I want to say something to the uh, iTunes folks. We need your help over on iTunes. We appreciate you all. You all aren't obviously listening right now live. You're going to catch it on iTunes later. But our audio downloads are huge, Ryan. People catch us, I guess, the day huge. after on the way to work. Huge with a Y. Uh, we need your help on iTunes. If you hit a review, even if it's a bad one, even if you hate our guts, if you just put a review on iTunes, it helps us rank up on the actual audio podcast. So go over there. If you're listening on a Tuesday, Wednesday, whenever it is, maybe you're listening on the plane to Sweden, give us a review and uh, we appreciate that. Dude, if I could get those anonymous bloggers fired up and get them to comment on all our stuff, yeah. we'd be, we'd be fire. Yak driver. Maybe he'll go comment. Yeah. That. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we got a big show, man. We got, the brothers minor the minor brothers what's they're, the they're the officially the major brothers they ain't the minor yeah, brothers no right, more the boy ma- they the <laughs> they climb the ladder they're the major brothers now yeah the major brothers the miners went major but obviously anyone that paid attention at all this weekend saw what they did over on the susquehanna river uh some people struggled but these boys did not they took care of business brought home what 15 grand between the two of them yeah. so we're excited to talk to crazy them. uh even even dad did pretty good if I, if Pops I was up there making some racket on day one yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. Even Dad did pretty good. So it was a family. Family. It was family. cool. I mean, for them to figure that that out on that 
fishery. I mean, you know, they're not locals. Like they don't, <laughs> they don't know what the fish do when, <laughs> when something crazy happens. You know, they're. I mean, honestly, what we were in like two feet, three feet of water last year was like eight or ten inches. This year, like it was a drastic change. Uh, somebody in the comments says, is iTunes still a thing? Maybe it's, I think it's called Apple Podcast now. Excuse me, Joe, Mulqueen. My apologies. He calling you uh, out, Apple Podcast, same difference. I do, I use an Android to my detriment, according to Lambert. But uh, I don't know about all that over there. Um, but yeah, uh, you want tell us about your week up there, man. You were up there for a few days and short enjoying story. the river. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I got up there uh, Wednesday and... Uh, I slid out, I slid out to like the lower section around downtown Harrisburg. I wasn't really feeling it. There wasn't anything I, I particularly cared for. So I went up to a section of the river that I fished last year. I went out for like two hours, first cast, like a 20 and a quarter, then an 18, then an 18 and a half. And I just put my stuff back on the trailer and I was like, we're, you know, we're done here. I've seen enough. Like ain't no point in beating this stuff up pre-fishing. I was the only person on that river, I think, that had that thought <laughs> because I watched Facebook for the next couple of days and it's just 90 bag after 90 bag after 90 bag. And we had a lot of vagrants in and out of our house coming over to play beer pong and cornhole and whatnot. And they're like, man, I wrecked them today. I, I caught I caught 40 fish today. And I'm like, this Thursday <laughs> tournament starts Saturday. We're on a river like there's not fish migrating from out deep pulling up you know onto flats and stuff like this is just this is it like they're that's where they're at is that that section of river and you saw that on tournament day like where you were you could be on a cover water traditional river fishing pattern which is what i thought i was going to do these fish were piled up in like pools and deeper holes like the depth of the water seemed to be the most critical part as far as holding numbers like abby abadanza he stayed on one little section for three hours and caught 40 fish in a foot and a half of water, watching them, sight fishing them. Just one section. That many fish were moving through this one section of the river. And, and I, you know, I talked to Nolan and Edwin. They were in a, in the similar area. That seemed to be the key is, is having consistent water depth for, you know, a length of the river. Yeah. The, uh, Last week on the show, uh, you were off for your birthday. Happy belated birthday, Ryan. Um, we had Josh and Russell on, and they literally warned against people beating the, beating their fish to death in practice. Josh Not enough people listen to that times. episode. Y'all need to make KBM more popular, share this shit so people are educated and don't, and don't go out there right. and wreck pre-fishing. You could have known. I mean, I think Josh said it at least three times during, during maybe more than that, maybe four times. I think Josh also warned people about that rock that flipped his damn kayak. Speaking, yeah. speaking of yak drivers, he drove his shit right off a cliff, man. Josh wrecked his kayak and lost his rods and reels. If anybody got any loose left-handed reels, holler at me. Uh, I'm going to try to hook Josh up. I hate it. I was glad he was okay, but, man, that sucked for him. So hearing the story of that. Um, a lot of other people tore up drives and tore up boats. Jake Harshman, who and shout-out to Jake. Defending his home water, that is tough to do, finishing top three. He was <laughs> defending it all right. With a, with a fish fin. <laughs> he, was, he was defending it all right. Stay out them local holes. Don't talk is to guides. A, is there such a thing as, can you tell people to stay away from locals? Locals only? I don't know, man. I think so. <laughs> oh, right. Let me mute we'll the group chat here. Now. These boys don't even know we're live right now, Jeff. Damn it. They don't ever watch. Our closest Never. friends don't watch, right? It's terrible. 
All these people in the chat, they're really our closest friends, is what I'm saying. That's right. That's right. We appreciate you, everyone. Um, but, yeah, we, we have the minor, minor brothers, the major brothers on here in just a minute. We always like to talk about a few things that went down um, prior to getting our guests on here. Obviously, we talked about Ryan's week already. What else went down over the weekend? We had an All-American Series event. All-American Series, I don't know what to think of, of their series this summer. I think Josh is one of the best tournament directors around, runs a solid series, but their numbers are dwindling, and I don't know what's going on there. Is it just a uh, too many options, summer heat, recession? What's, what's, what's going on, you think? Uh, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. I think, I think probably fuel prices are a factor in, in some of these tournaments. Like, is it worth, you know, is it worth the drive or whatever? I don't know because honestly I hadn't fished one. They had one on Kentucky Lake, but it'd take a lot to make me go to Kentucky Lake anyway. So I didn't, I didn't make that trip, but I mean, I'd love to hear some feedback from the people that have fished them. Everybody I know that's fished it have nothing but great things to say about them. Uh, love the events. think they had, you know, a fine, uh, uh, set up at each lake and, and ran the event smooth, but just the numbers weren't there. So I don't know if they got too big too quick or, or what, maybe they need more public publicity, but hopefully they hang in there and can grow next year. I think maybe that, I think Dwayne's in the comments saying that was the finale. I don't know if that was the finale for the summer or not, but anyway, we'll see. Keep growing, keep grinding. Can't, uh, can't give up after one or two. No, down no, no, no. So we'll see. Um, let's see what else over the weekend. Oh, well, this wasn't over the weekend, but it was last week. The hottest thread on the page. We don't talk a lot of KFL on here. Me and Jordan and I talked KFL last week for a minute because he was a guest host, but some KSL, KFL bombs were dropped, man. And I see Jason Campbell in the comments. What you know about that? The old banditos, man. I guess they, you know, didn't want to go fish Oklahoma, just said, hey, we'll take the L or whatever, you know, put it on our tab. And they're like, nah, you're banned. You're banned for, what was it, two years or something? Yeah, it's uh... the team and the competitor. Like, I don't understand. I, I I have trouble finding the logic in that. Why you would ban the competitors for two years over a forfeit? I don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah, I'm upside down. It seems upside down. Like owners typically run leagues, not the other way around. Like the commission works for the owner. Uh, but I talked to Todd Patrick a little bit about it. He kind of explained some of the owner stance. I still don't agree with it but i don't have any skin skin in the game so i guess my opinion doesn't matter what was todd i mean what did todd say what was his feedback on why they would ban somebody for two years over that yeah he didn't agree actually he didn't agree with the the players being banned or i think they're called players um he didn't agree with that and that may be walked back allegedly i don't know uh but the team being beat booted booted out is not going to be walked back and i don't get that either over one forfeit especially when it wasn't a written rule so i'll be curious to see how that plays out uh, you know, refunds because there's money involved. Those guys paid $2,000, I think, to be involved. How do you choose what you enforce is my biggest question because I know of other team games that have been here in the area where like only two have showed up, like the, the whole team hadn't showed up. So is it okay if like one shows up, but not four, like where's the line? If, if the way the format is, which I don't really care for anyway, one person can go catch all the fish, right? Yeah. Like you, you could have one person on your team that goes and catches all the fish. So what does it matter if all four of them show up, if none of them show up, if it would be smart to have it written in the rules, Hey, if you don't show up and it's a forfeit, this opposing team, which I think might've been the issue, this opposing team gets X number of points awarded because that would have hurt their, their average or their, their payoff position or however it's set up. Yeah, the, the first few people that were in some of the comments arguing were talking about 
this is going to cost the sponsors views and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, come on now. You guys are full of shit. Are you talking about views? I mean, well, yeah, that's a, you know, you know that's I mean, a, that had, that's a tough no way, <laughs> tough platform to stand on. Yeah. There's no way there's a, that one, one KFL. Now as a cumulative, maybe they, you know, they have some decent stats. I don't know, but individual games are not pulling that many views and that's okay. They're starting out. There's nothing wrong with that. They're hustling. They're starting out. Uh, but to to ban a team at, that had paid money to join over one game or one match, I, I wish it was called a match, to be honest, Ryan. Uh, seemed extreme, but I don't know. Jason Campbell's in the comments. I'll be curious to see how it plays out with the owner of that team and, and the, the league over there and what they're trying to do. Uh, so we'll Ryan, <laughs> Ryan Van Tye. <laughs> Did you read his comment? <laughs> Taking the seat he, on the throne. Yeah, he oh, said Robert really? Brown left that camera on. That is a really? somebody get me that footage. Well, shit, Come on, go watch. I want to go watch now. What what Dang. what team or game was that? I like Rob. He is he with Virginia? I can't remember. Don't quote me on that. I think he's in Virginia. Yeah. Whichever the Pelicans are, Ryan. He's on the Pelicans. The Pelicans. The Pelicans. I forgot about that. Good yeah. point. Good memory. Good memory. Yeah. Um, and let's see. Nothing else. Oh, there's one huge thing that. If you're not a friend of mine on Facebook, you won't know this, but I'm going to throw this Hey, get it. I'm officially a grandpa. There's my son holding a baby right there on the screen. So proud. Proud grandpa. Proud dad right there. Baby's home with mom and dad. Pooped all all over him already, so he's a real dad now. So, yeah, awesome stuff. Officially a grandpa. If it makes you feel any better, Jeff, you've been a grandpa to us the whole time. No, but now I'm like a real grandpa. (laughs) You You got papers. Yeah, I've been running with uh, all you young guys all the time. I feel like a grandpa. Actually, I think maybe you keep me feeling a little bit young. I don't know. But uh, Only stuff. when you're with me. That's right. Only when I'm with you. Uh, shout out to sponsors, and we'll get these boys in here real quick. Of course, Let's do it. show presented by Dugout Bait Tackle. Got a couple deals to throw on the screen. They're now handling Garmin. So right there, you got the new Garmin LiveScope LVS62, $24.99, dugoutfishing.com. And I bet you they rig your boats up nice. They do some masterful rigging jobs if you can drag oh, yeah. your boat over there. Uh, no matter what kind of boat you got. And then, of course, they've got this deal going. The entire month of August, a free Astral PFD and Bending Bratches paddle when you buy a Jackson kayak. Doesn't that's have to a be good the bundle. That's a yeah, good bundle. Doesn't have to be the NAR. be any Jackson kayak, it looks like. So that's a good deal. PFDs are important, as Dylan taught us. So that's right. get your PFDs right. on. Hey, shout out to Day Two Dylan, man. He broke after Gunnersville. He's broke through. He's he's he did, man. He got he got his first Hobie check. We were proud of him. He we went and had they had big steaks. I had some kind of crazy meatloaf and a margarita, but yeah, we celebrate him. Uh, Of course, Western Side Vodka. You can see Ryan's koozie there. Appreciate Western Side Vodka, our drink of choice for for us. And Revo sunglasses. I saw a bunch of pics from Revo's all over the place. On and even Young Edwin had a post. He tagged Revo in it, I think. Uh, he was doing some sight fishing, and those Revos were key to him. So go to Revo.com and use KBN25 and save a few dollars. Oh, yeah. All right. Let's get these young fellers in here. Talk about how to win tournaments since we've <laughs> – Somebody, somebody help us. Bang, bang. What's up, fellas? How y'all doing? Doing pretty All good. Right. Good. Y'all don't seem really excited, especially look at the wall behind Edwin there. Come on. Yeah, right. I know. Boy putting on paper to his whole closet there. Looking like Drew Gregory back here. <laughs> no, that's all ones and twos. Okay. <laughs> oh man. That was awesome. Watching y'all pull that off. Uh I I mean, I know we haven't ever seen anything like that remotely close to being done. Uh what does that feel like? Pretty cool. Um 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think I said it when they were interviewing me yesterday. I knew we could do it, but it just takes a very special set of circumstances, and we pretty much fell right into those. Well, for me, it was kind of a weird feeling. Like, usually if towards the end of the day, if I'm on day two, if I'm in second place, like, I'm busting my tail to try to call up and pass them. I'm like, you know what? Like, I want Nolan to win this one. Just don't let Harshman pass me. Don't lie to me, Ed. When you're, well, that is true. You were fishing your butt off, though. You, <laughs> I just caught Man. another 20. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that, that was that was what bumped me past Harshman because I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I was I was on the phone with him. I was on the phone with him when that happened. I was I was like, hey man, I'm walking up a rapid. I'll just talk to you this whole time while you're fishing. And uh, so he's like, oh oh, he's he's under it. All right, he's gonna he's got it. And you know he fights the fish and whatever and lands it. And he's like, it's a twenty inch, and I'm like, awesome. I like walk a little further. I'm like. I hope he doesn't get too many more of those. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would have been good. I was like, man, that's pretty big. Well, we always rib Edwin all the time that he he can only perform really well when Big Brother's not in the tournament. Uh, do you think that was that? Do you think that was a factor? Do you think he, you were just you were destined to win anyway because it was Edwin trying to pass you? <laughs> I don't know. I was just, I also said this when we were interviewed, uh, I was glad that it worked out well because I was worried that, cause you know, I mean, a lot of fishing is mental and I was worried that, you know, for whatever reason, like hearing me out on the water, like we were talking back and forth in practice, he's like, you know, in the back of his mind, it's like, Oh, like, you know, if he's more worried, I don't know. It, stuff can mess people up on the water. And I was worried that our communication was doing more harm than good. So it was really nice that this one went, super awesome because now we will feel a lot better about our communication in the future yeah, do you, you feel better about it edwin up. are you happy with uh, second yeah i'm happy with second uh, <laughs> again again back to back uh, yeah i mean i think that's harder to do than winning them back to back <laughs> heck yeah that's a smaller cap Miners are pretty good at second place too in fishing tournaments. If you've been following along, that's just part of the game. Yeah, you know right what's scary home. to everyone, Ryan, is these guys are young. I know. <laughs> I hope they. I hope they young. find a new hobby. I hope they take up yeah. golf or table tennis or something. I need to get married and have a baby or something. Do something. Not to each other. Whatever <laughs> it takes. No. Twenty twenty two is wild out here. No, I, and I know you have aspirations on the basketball side of things too. It's, you know. Nolan, you're a little bit older, so you're probably, you know, a little closer down that road. But even if you go down that road, with the success you've had so far in kayak fishing, you think you'll stay, keep a toe in the water, at least over on the kayak side too? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and well, with the way things are right now, I mean, I'm definitely going to be kayak fishing for a while because I don't want to do anything with bass boats until I can afford that. And it's right now it's a big chunk of change and like i had a friend message me the other day he's like oh are you going to use this you know to kind of help do something with the opens and in my mind uh i would rather use that money to try to you know make things better for me financially in the future than to risk it because it could all be gone in a year if you go doing that route now um, if you win five hobie events you can afford to fish the opens for one season for one season exactly <laughs> like, that's all it takes me. man come on just win the toc get in one shot Exactly. That's true. Yeah, but isn't that crazy? I mean, you just won ten grand, obviously, in a kayak tournament. That's half 
a season of open entry fees. So yeah, I mean the ROI on kayak fishing is unreal. Why wouldn't you stay? Yep. I mean, I don't plan on ever quitting kayak fishing unless there's something that prevents me from fishing out of a kayak. It's just, it's, I enjoy it more than fishing out of a bath boat, at least in the tournament scene. Um, because of, you don't have that issue of people actually like running in on you. Uh, I mean, you see someone approaching, you can say, oh, I want to hit that before they come over here. There's not going to be someone come flying around the corner 70 miles an hour and lands on what you're working your way to. You can actually beat them to it. We talked about the mental game a second ago. What is it mentally with you, Edwin? Seriously, how do you view the kayak tournaments differently than the bass boat tournaments? Because, I mean, clearly, if you look at the wall behind you, you kill it on the kayak side. Kill it. What is it that's different out of a boat? It's just, for some reason, with I guess it's with kayak fishing. It just forces me to fish small and think small. Uh, in a bass boat, you know, you, always in the back of my head is, oh, three miles that way, there's this other spot that we caught fish off of. If you've got to go three miles in a kayak, you're like, well, let me <laughs> really make sure that this spot doesn't have any fish before I try to try to go somewhere else. And just keeping it simple. Um, maybe like the way you're fishing isn't simple, but you're not worried about hitting six different parts of the lake in one day or running around like a chicken with your head cut off. Just sit and focus well let's get to the juice of this the, the actual tournament um i saw I, I don't know which one of you posted it it had to be edwin because i don't think nolan's very active on facebook either that or on yeah no i'm not i'm not with the wrong account um, he, he uses the, like edwin's profile picture was on tourney eggs it doesn't exist it's just i got you um, an enigma why because obviously you know you you did good later last year and then you, i think on your post you said it feels like a home away from home but I know a lot of times that some of these other events, you spend time out in 50 feet of water, live scoping fish and all that. So why do you feel so comfortable on this shallow, rocky, rocky river? Well, like we both said, I don't know how many times. We grew up in central Virginia. We have the James River, the Shenandoah River, Rivanna, all of the tributaries of those rivers. And they might not, they're not as big as the Susquehanna, but... Like, there's some rivers that we fish that are the size of, you know, a little one of those cuts behind an island or um, just that type of stuff. The fish will set up the same. It's a shallow river. You can see the bottom everywhere. And at least in Virginia, when the water gets low, they do the exact same thing that they do on the Susquehanna. Same thing yeah. for you, Nolan. Just translates. Yeah, over. Um, it it's like it, it it doesn't really feel so much about like me trying to think about oh what are these fish doing. I'm like I know what they're doing. I just got to figure out where the most of them are and go catch them. It was really cool to do that because a lot of times when we're traveling to these tournaments, it's to bodies of water that we're relatively unfamiliar with. And a bass is a bass, but these bass are just like the bass we fished for forever growing up. Had you fished the Susky ever before, Nolan? Mm-mm. No. I what is it that keyed you in on and and obviously like I don't know I'd say what 
60 to 70% of the, the people that cashed a check were kind of in one, you know, general area on the map as far as boundaries go. What led you, you know, mentally to look at that in the first place? Like, I mean, what keyed you in like this might be, you know, where they're piling up? Yeah, so before the tournament um, even started, I was looking at it on the map. And this area, so y'all talked about people stinging fish in practice um, earlier. And so obviously every stretch that gets floated is going to be exposed to people catching fish throughout practice. Some people are floating through a stretch knowing that they're never going to go there in the tournament. And so they're probably not holding back. You know, they may just be trying to figure out patterning the fish and figuring out what they're doing without having to fish their primary areas. But those fish are getting stung. Where I went, if you wanted to get there, you had to at some point either paddle upriver or walk and drag your kayak upriver. And so I knew that there's just no way it's going to get as much pressure as the other stuff. And I was like, if there's fish there, they'll be safer. Um, and it looked like on the map that it was deeper water and calmer. It wasn't riffles. Most of the map when you look at it is riffles and rapids. And, uh, and I know that those fish are easier to catch. I knew the fish in the calm water are harder to catch, but I know how to catch them. And I was like, even if there's guys there, I know they're not going to be catching them the same as me. So I'm, I'll be way more confident. Cause like, if it's a smallmouth that's going to get a jackhammer, that's anybody's smallmouth. But if it's one that is hard to catch, that's not everybody's fish. Smart. And were you guys in different parts of the river? Yes. Yeah. But doing similar stuff. Is that right? Yeah. Well, see, he, he wanted to go where I was because I, I got to practice a little earlier than he did. And I found the area on the first day. Like I said, I looked at it on the map, and I was like, if there's fish there, I'll be good. And what I saw on that first day, because you can see them, the water's shallow. Mm -hmm. I was like, I would have to find something insane to make me go anywhere else. And then he was telling me on the last day, because he had checked, you know, he, he said he checked what he fished last year, and he checked some other stuff. And it was okay, but nothing special. And he was like, I think I'm going to go here. And he sent me the map, you know, the picture of where he was going to go. And I was like, eh, like, maybe not go right there i was like there's no, you're a lot not, of kid <laughs> but, but I, knew, I knew that we could probably both have good tournaments if we shared it but i but we both know how to do what we were doing you know and we we're both good at doing that stuff so i was like man i know there's going to be other people there but it's not you in there with me and if we do that we'll beat those fish up really bad i was like look at this it's a little further down the river from me it looks similar and isn't that what happened and then you went there and it you know it was good i mean not yeah, word for word but i ended up I went and he told me, he said, yeah, this stuff looks good. It looks similar. Um, and I went and I tried what I thought he was describing, not positive. Maybe he was trying to tell me to go where I ended up fishing. But I went and found deeper pools that were uh, between very shallow stretches that I had to drag into, drag out of. Like Before I made my first cast in the morning, I had to drag a mile. Um and there was there wasn't a spot that I fished that I didn't have to drag at some point to get to. Uh, just people could the float that I did. People could do that entire float and not have to get out of their kayak and not have to pull their drive except for one spot. Uh, but the way that I went, you know, through islands around islands, it was just places that I don't know if it was, they weren't getting hit as hard or if they were concentrated more because of all of that water around the, the deep holes that was too shallow for them to be comfortable in. 
And when you're saying deep holes, what are you, what are you talking about? Like how deep? Four. <laughs> Four feet? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's for clarity, they didn't find 20-foot holes on, on no. the river there. And that seemed to be the magic number too. I mean, like Dylan was describing the that little area that he found, and he's like, it's you know, it's about four feet deep and fifty yards wide, but all those fish were sucked in there or at least moving through there throughout the day, just kind of circulating around there. Yeah, those fish were in the last place for them to go. Like I remember uh, a buddy was talking in practice. He was like, Yeah, there's some fish I found, but I'm worried they might not be there on tournament day. I'm like, where are they going to go? There's no water left in the river. They're at the last place that they can possibly be. There's nowhere for them to retreat beyond this. Fish in a barrel, literally. It was crazy. Like the area I was fishing, it was like, I don't know, 10 inches of water to there were areas with three or four feet of water, but those fish would be up there shallow feeding, but they had been beaten so bad. (laughs) Like, like when I first got there pre-fishing, they were catching the lure in their mouths, like out of the air, like they're just watching for it. And then by tournament day, I was telling Edwin, like my line hit the water, I casted past them, my line hit the water and they just ran from it. I mean, they were running from, from flukes, from Cinco's. They had been beaten so badly. <laughs> they just wanted to get away from it, from anything that looked like it might've been a fishing lure. Yeah, they so, got beat up pretty bad. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I didn't see the entire uh, live stream weigh-in. I just saw the results after, so I don't know how much of your juice you gave up. But how how key was the presentation? I mean, was it – I saw Jake. He posted his, you know, third-place finish. Like, he had to burn his swim bait, whatever he was doing. So, was there a specific way you had to present that bait to get bit? Like Ryan so said, his caught, fish were spooking when he was hitting the water with his line. Yeah, we caught our fish on two different baits. Uh, one of them, no secret at all, choppos and whopper ploppers. Those fish, you know, those fish in that river are always going to eat that. Uh, how great they're biting it is going to change, you know, obviously de- depending on fishing pressure, I think. Um, <laughs> yeah, that other bait, I'm still, I'm not ready to talk about it yet. Uh, I know y'all wanted me to. I'm going to edit right. my footage right. tomorrow, tomorrow so that that video will be up then. But if I talk about it now, then everybody knows, and then nobody wants to watch my videos. And people only care about me posting on YouTube when it's some crazy saltwater fish, when really I have to work so hard to film during a tournament, and it's very frustrating when people don't watch that stuff. So, right. so you're throwing like saltwater fishing. So in-depth and break it down, I will, I will give up all the secrets because I want to, because I'm looking at the big picture. And to me, sharing that is going to be better than just keeping it to myself in the event that somehow we go back to this river and the conditions are the exact same and – you know, I don't know. That doesn't seem that likely. And even then we may have to, you know, do something else. And I'm, I'm going to still book it for next year, AJ. Book what, it right what's now. Your, what's your handle? <laughs> what's your YouTube handle? No, it's just my name. Nolan Miner. Nolan? Nolan Miner. Okay. I like that. Yep. We can right, find so that. You have it. You, I, we um, might even, yeah, we might the, even share that on KBN, right? We might break our own rule and drop that over on KBN. Ooh, we're going to spam our own page. Yes, I like it. It's not spam. <laughs> if we do it from someone else's YouTube. Write a, please write a descriptive paragraph, Jeff. Thank you. All right. Thank you. I'll do it. Um, but yeah, so the the topwater bite, the chopo bite, um, probably the same as everybody else's. But I think generally, at least for me, um, and it, I think it was probably similar for Ewing, in the morning, uh, the fish that were in these deeper areas, they would not be where they were later in the day. They move throughout the day. So early in the morning, they're up in, you know, like this much water waiting on something. And uh, that's when we would catch them on that that chopo. And I think that for me, I caught my biggest ones. Um, I, I had two, 
at a 19 and a quarter and a 19 and a half. And both those were on the top water. And I feel like the biggest fish, the best way to actually trick them is to just get them to react. Um, and that was the way to do that with something moving fast. Uh, it was really important. I felt like to bring it downstream. Ewing didn't do that. He said he was just doing whatever he could cause he was floating, but I was walking and going upstream when you're reeling a chopo downstream, it's moving way faster and these fish are smart and they're seeing a lot of baits. So if it's something that comes by them real fast, they got to make that decision right away if they're going to eat it or not. Whereas if you're floating down the river and you throw that chopo at a rock or whatever and reel it up, it's kind of hovering above them. They got a long time to look at it. So if they're not super fired up, they're probably not going to bite it. Or when they go up to it, they got a lot longer to look at it. Cause I know that we all probably saw fish wake under our bait and boil on it and just not touch it. Or you'd see them shoot across pushing a big old wake and then it's like they came to a screeching halt when they got underneath it figured out something was wrong turned away so throwing it upstream and bringing it down was really important because it didn't give them as much time to do that and it's way more natural i mean that's how they expect bait to you know be presented to them right i mean that's how everything washes down a river so i think that probably is a little a little more enticing so with me my bite was I did, for the most part, bring it downstream, but sometimes there were, you know, I'd go down, or I'd go up the river, and then I'd float back down, and then go back up on a different, uh, you know, you can fish from one side of the river to the other side. There's fish through the whole whole part. So I'd go, go up, go about 50 yards over, float down, go back up, just through these deeper sections. And I was looking at just the boils from the rocks, and... Most of my fish, the chopo didn't make it to the surface. Uh, it, it would be, if they got the bait, I had tons of blow-ups when I was reeling it, and it was doing what it's supposed to do. But most of the fish that I hooked and landed were, as soon as it hits the water, it would just be a huge boil, and I'd have a fish on. Now, did one of you throw the chopo and the other one the plopper? Or did you guys alternate them? What? I'm not really supposed to use a whopper plopper, but honestly, y'all know the supply chain's all screwed up, and so I just couldn't get my hands on the bait that I needed. <laughs> supply chain <laughs> issues, I like it. That COVID, the plopper man. really did screw up my line. I kept having to cut line because it was spinning, and that's not good. But I just needed a small, clear one, and I did. I could not find a chopo. My my buddy from work overnighted me baits, but he still just he didn't have the right color, and so you got to do what you got to do sometimes. Okay, I was hoping the beaver chopo made another appearance. You know, one of the last year. Uh, Edwin, what'd you throw, man? You throwing chopo or? Was, I was uh, throwing the chopo. I whopper ploppers don't seem to hold up, and they're a whole lot more expensive. The tail, I did have the tail break on a on a chopo, and Sisto, this Stephen Sisto told me he said that a lot of people don't throw the chopo on the river because you hit rocks and break the tails, but. I have issues with that wire bending and spinning my line. So I just tend to go with the Chapo mainly because it's what, like eight ninety nine compared to like sixteen ninety nine or something crazy. Pheasants. Fair point. I like the Chapo too. Myself. It's a good bait. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, what he was talking about, that wire bending, that's what happened on that first day because I was catching them big and they're bending the wire and then the bait starts rolling over. <laughs> Them biggins. So after that topwater bite died, I know we're waiting to, to see the juice tomorrow, Nolan. But <clears throat> did you guys go complete opposite, go finesse, and literally start sight fishing them? Did I see that on your post, Edwin? Yes. We 
once that sun got up and it had to be almost perfect conditions, the fish, um, I really didn't notice it until the end of day two, but if the sun wasn't high, the fish weren't looking for what we were throwing. Um, and they'd go back to positioning on ledges and stuff. But when, when the sun was high, those fish, they'd be right up under the surface, jet black, and you could see them from a mile away. Yeah, it, it was definitely a timing thing. Because um, after my practice, I wasn't honestly even planning on being on much of a topwater bite. I just needed to kill some time first thing in the morning. So I went to somewhere close to what was my primary area that was good topwater water. And crushed them on it. Um, but I wasn't really thinking I was going to be catching much until like 10 o'clock in the morning. That was what I was banking on was the sight fishing. Uh, yeah. And once it got later in the day and the sun got up, which I had been watching the forecast because if it wasn't supposed to be sunny over the weekend, I wasn't going to be targeting the same type of water and the same fish behavior because I knew that, you know, it just wouldn't, wouldn't be the same. Um, cause in these pools, the fish are spread out, but when it's sunny and you can see them, you can catch them. But if it's cloudy, yeah, they might still bite a top water, but it's like a needle in a haystack. You know, when you can see a 50 yard square perfectly and spot a fish out there, if there's two fish in there, you'll be able to catch them. But if it's cloudy, that's a lot of water to cover. Whereas when you go in the riffles and stuff, when they're, you know, more cooperative um, on that top water bite uh, that, you know, had we had clouds, we probably would have approached things differently, but the forecast held and then sunday we actually got uh some sun when we were supposed to have cloud cover which really helped you and i out when i saw the sun pop out and started stuff started happening i was like oh, or we we're both texting back and forth we we're like oh they're doing it man like <laughs> it was really cool so abby he said he didn't really have anything going sunday until the sun came out like he said his bite was dead and he was catching them like I said, you know, pretty shallow on like a, on a rock flat, but he said they wouldn't pull up until the sun popped out. But once the sun popped out, he said all those fish just started moving, moving across the flats. And he was, I think he was on a more finesse approach, you know, sight fishing, but same deal. Like it had to be sunshine or, or they just weren't participating on that particular bite. Yep. He was, uh, I think he said he was catching them on a Ned rig. Um, I was using a, a four inch stick bait wacky rig some of the time. That was one of the other baits I sight fished with. Like, I think I had one fish on both days on a four inch uh, wacky rig, just sight fishing them. You could, but you had to throw it so far. Like if you saw one cruising, you had to throw it so far away from him that he wouldn't see it land or he wouldn't see it fall. It just needed to be laying on the bottom. And then when he swims near it, you can shake it a little bit. And that was the way that those big ones, how you could trick them. Cause they've been thrown out a lot. Cause you know, they're big fish swimming around where they can be seen. So people people throw stuff at them they get educated to that how far away did you have to be from them? i mean did you have as to make far as you could, yeah as far as you could stay you know what i try to describe to people you know how when you're out there and there's clouds or whatever and there's there'll be like a certain lane that you can see in a certain direction and there's like whatever the fringe of that range is that was kind of where i was watching because if i could spot one when he was out there i had time to make a cast or stop my kayak or whatever Sometimes you look inside the boat and you see one and you just forget that fish, maybe come back, check the same area later. Um, but you just had to always keep your eyes peeled kind of as far away as possible. And the further you spotted one away, you know, the more confident you'd be because usually you could get them to bite if they didn't know you were there. Approaching from downstream for me really helped too with that. How hard did you, did you beat on your area after day one, Nolan? Well, <laughs> at 730, I had 93 inches on 
a topwater that I didn't even think I was going to be catching a fish on. So at that point, I was like, you know, 93 is good. Uh, 93 is really good on um, on the Susquehanna. And it, I think I looked and like historically, it takes somewhere in the low 90s back to back to win. I want to say what did it, I mean, last year it was something around that. Um, but on this river, it's really hard to make up ground. And so I knew if I could extend that lead more that it would make the gap even harder to close on day two. And so I decided to just go and sight fish and only throw at them if they were big, and which is a really unusual luxury to have during a tournament. But I knew I was in good shape, but I wasn't done. And I was able to uh, make three more upgrades after I had 93. <laughs> you, you sent me that clip earlier where we were talking. And you were like, oh, crap, that was a 17. Didn't mean to catch that one. Yeah, and I'm yeah. sitting there like beating my face in with rocks on the river. And he's like, oh, didn't mean to catch that 17. I was like, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, good. Good job, pal. Yeah. Yeah. And right after that, I, I think, uh, I'd caught, I was unhooking the 17 and I saw a really big one. I'm like, Oh crap. And I popped the hook out of him and like slipped him in the water and threw out there and caught the 19, which was one of the ones that ended up being part of my limit. You know, I'm sitting here looking at these pictures, Ryan, and it's just, it made me think about on some trails that would be a deduction, which is ridiculous. Well, that's uh, why well, we fish. We fish the pro trail. You can't pinch your tail. You can't touch him past the anal sphincter or something whatever i uh, got you i mean that makes sense it. but then i would just have to move my hand after i uh you know right. got it all situated uh, there's not a, a real like honestly a super logical explanation some dude cut tails off in texas a few years ago so that was the the safety net rule yeah. put in place yeah, I didn't, you know what I didn't probably the that. bandits that was... are probably paying the price for that that's probably what that's probably i bet that is that is why the bandits are banned yeah uh and something else i noticed in your pictures nolan you're fishing out of the like all these guys brought extra boats and smaller boats and inflatables. My man had the the PA 360 out there on the river, man. Did you have to drag that thing around out there a little bit? Uh, a I had to I had to drag it some, but like I said, the areas where I was going to sight fish, um, you know, it, it had enough water that I could use the drive. And to me, in practice, it seemed like whenever I was catching them good, I was able to use the drive. And if I wasn't able to use the drive, there weren't that many fish there. So that good indicator. That, it out for me um and uh i had another i had a little perception pescador with me which uh i could have used it was a 12 foot um you know if it was really skinny or i wanted to do a float or be able to move quickly through really shallow water but i decided i was just going to single access with that thing and i feel like when i'm around the fish i would much rather have that 360 drive so i can fish effectively when i'm near them those Hobie drives work in tiny amounts of water depth. And, and oh, yeah. as you, you saw in his pictures, you just like the cool thing about the Hobie drive is you can leave it in, in the shallow water. So there's not a gaping hole in the bottom of your kayak. Like Mark Pendergraf lost his fish through. <laughs> hey, let's, let's this isn't a Hobie commercial. Just, <laughs> it's not. I'm trying to educate you. I know help how me, they work. Help me help you. I, I know how they work. Okay. All right. Oh, Ewing, let's talk about you. Um, did you have an early limit on day one, like your brother? I mean, were you sitting on 90-plus right off the bat? Yeah, I, in like the first hour, I had 90 and three-quarter, I believe. I didn't submit them till about 10.30 because where I launched, I went and I drug up, and there were a bunch of people floating past me and a bunch of people above me. There was just lots of people not catching fish in my area didn't want to submit them and you know, <laughs> dang okay. edwin i shoot them down so, 
<laughs> There's a bunch of non-fishing fools in my area. Let's, let's, let me ask you this, man. Did you, did you lie to anybody that floated by? Like, nah, I ain't catching. I'm doing I all right. I didn't have anyone so close that all right. I ended up talking to them until day two. <laughs> Okay. Edwin standard, don't talk. Edwin don't talk. If you had a talk. standard line that you fed him, like, oh, yeah, I'm doing all right, or, you know, whatever people say. Well, if it, here, here was my thing. So I I don't ever lie to people on the water because um, I don't believe in, like, giving people misinformation because, like, the way you beat somebody in a tournament is out fishing them, not by tricking their brain. That, I don't know. I, that's just the way that I see it. But uh, I won't tell the whole truth. And if you don't ask me how I'm doing and I don't want you to know how I'm doing, I'm certainly not going to tell you. Somebody, you know, I roll by somebody, hey man, what's going on? And he says, Hey, what's going on? And like sometimes people would say, Oh, I'm having a slow day. And like maybe they would allude to wanting to know. But if they don't say, How are you doing? I'm like, All right, man, well, good luck. I'll see you. And, you know, keep on going about my business. Cause like Ewing said, you know, it's, it's not a secret. Like if, if somebody looks at the leaderboard and he's like, Oh, I was right beside him. Like, it's not like, Oh, he could have been somewhere else when that happens. Like, well, if it's seven 30 in the morning, they probably know <laughs> that you weren't very far yeah. from wherever it happened. So hey. Ewing, I want to touch on your finishes this year. So far you were setting on top of, of angler of the year, right? Last year going into the TOC. Mm-hmm. What does it, where does this put you in AOY standings for this year? I think it'll put me, I'm in. I'm tied for third right now. It'll at least break that tie. I'm not sure if I'll be in second though. I haven't gotcha. looked too far into it. I thought it would bump you up, but I wasn't wasn't 100 sure there. You're ahead of me now. You got me there. Wait a minute. He's happen. ahead of you now, even though Isn't you won he, the tournament. What's your, what's your next one below the the other two? Uh, 13th. Wait. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I'm not sure. There was some kind of DQ or whatever it at Chickamauga, so I don't know how that works. No, yeah, so he's got me now. It's going to be a hell of a finish. What are y'all going to – What are, what's your next tournament, Edwin? Are you going to fish Wolf and Fox or Dardanelle, or are you done? I don't don't know as of now. I don't think either one of them are full, so I'm just going to yeah, wait, no. see how They're things not. end up. I don't really want to fish Dardanelle. Right. Uh, I've had bad experience there in the, in the fall before. They – just like the TVA, they don't know how to pull water during the day. <laughs> if they're pulling water on that lake, it's incredible. During the week, we were, you know, it's, we couldn't do anything wrong. During the tournament, the water was stagnant. Nothing was happening. Just drum and like 10-inch spotted bass. That's darn now. I felt I bad when they were asking me about that yesterday uh, at the awards. Like, I'm – you know, I've, I've fished a lot of college tournaments. I've fished some open. So I've been, you know, interviewed in a tournament situation before. And the best way to do a good interview is just to be comfortable. So I just kind of saying whatever's on my mind. And they're like, are you going to fish anymore? And I kind of like realized that I started to talk about how the next two events are going to be tough. And I was like, how do I back out of this? Like in my mind, as I'm speaking the words, like, yeah, I don't really want to go to the next two because they're going to be tough. But it's not a secret. The fishermen know that Darnell in September is not going to be you know, rainbows and sunshine. Yeah, it's probably going to suck. Low, uh, hot, muddy, and no current. So it's going to be. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but that's, that's tournament fishing. It's a level playing field. Uh, but now that I've got the finishes that I have and I've had some fun, made some money, I'm in good shape with it. And I'll wait for the uh, the TOC for me as far I'm as I'm going to watch up. your YouTube video tomorrow and, and take whatever bait you were throwing to Dardanelle and see if it works. Black fluke. It's like scotch on pickwood. Black fluke. <laughs> God, we got in so much trouble over that one. 
Why not? Um, I just looked at the numbers. I didn't. I hadn't looked at those two tournaments to see what the numbers were. You know, I didn't realize Wolf and Fox is only sitting at fifty-seven right now. I wonder what. If I enter that, do I still get points if I don't show up? Uh, You might know the answer to that. I I just. I I think if you enter and don't show up, you get banned for two years. (laughs) Damn. (laughs) Well, if that's what I'm going to get banned from, I guess that's that's one notch I hadn't put in my belt. So we'll go ahead and jump in on that. Yeah. Uh, they need the, the views on Tourney X Ryan. You can't be doing that kind of stuff. I wanna I wanna I would like to try to fish it. We don't get back from from Worlds till Monday, but I think I think uh Eric Thomason, congrats on cashing a check by the way, and the mullet man Marshall are now gonna try to go to uh Wolf and Fox. So I'd like to make it if Kenzo would go and somehow I could get her back in time to go to school Monday morning. <laughs> I could I could maybe swing that, but I don't I don't know if I can. I think Dard could creep up towards 150. It's sitting on 120 right now. I hope Dard stays low so I can just, yeah. like, if I can slide in front of about 40 people, I can get some AOI points and maybe be able to watch these young men duke it out at the TSC, which yeah. Caddo should be showing out, I hope, this fall. You want to know something cool about that tournament? I don't know. Do I? Probably not. It's the opening weekend of duck season in Louisiana. Ah, oh. shit. Really? Dude, that's going to be spicy. <laughs> <laughs> I bet them boys don't give a dang about a kayak fisherman out there either. Nope. <laughs> Teal low on the deck. Blah, blah. Early in the morning, you won't know if it's uh, if it's actually a, a largemouth blowing up on your, your top water or if someone's just mad at you fishing near them. And shoot. I'm going to take a shot. I mean, if I can make it, I'm going to take a shotgun with me and do a little casting blast action out there. Get that's the, the only reason that's the only reason i figured it out because i was like well dang if i'm gonna be in louisiana in november i know what i'm gonna do after the tournament because the whole time you know i'll probably know where some ducks are at if i've spent that much time on the lake and then i was like oh no <laughs> that's that's not good that'll be that a good time happen, Our, uh, when the original need- toc was on fork there there'd be duck bouts out on lake fork because it was in november same thing uh so it's just stuff you deal with that time of year i guess we need to ask AJ if we can uh, duck hunt during practice. Cause There's not a rule against that. I don't think it's open until the first day of the tournament. You can duck uh, hunt in the tournament. Really get, you a 90, Nolan, get you a 93-inch limit by 730 and pull out the shotgun and have a day. Y'all, I mean, you better get to the ramp early. You know what a boat ramp looks like on opening day of duck season. They'll be lined yeah. up down the road. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, I bet. So, do y'all have experience there, TOC, at, at Caddo, either one of you? Mm-mm. Okay. I had to fish a college tournament on the Red River one time while the BFL American boys were up the road at Caddo having the time of their lives, and we were yeah. just in life. I was going so, to like, say, that's a, I think that's a different ball game. I think all the fish that were supposed to be in the Red River just crawled over to Caddo. That's where they live yep. at. Yeah, that's going to be exciting. And as we've seen, no matter who's at the top of the AOI, it comes down to TOC. It gets turned on its head every year so far. Edwin, do you feel like do you feel like you've saved your you saved your mojo? Are you going to put Big Brother in his place at the TOC? I want to hear it now. I I sure hope so, but <laughs> I hope so too. I hope so too. You work you've worked hard on it. Jake asked a question. Uh, can we fish the 32 other lakes in the area at the TOC? No, this is an actual one lake event. <laughs> this is a fishing tournament. This is a fishing tournament, a... <laughs> man. This ain't a jackpot. 
I and Mick Wood made a, a good point. There's a fish on every tree in Caddo. I've heard that it fishes a little different in the fall. That the fish they move around a little bit. They're not they're not quite as uh, as friendly as those springtime fish that you just throw a cinco at them on every cypress tree and it swims off. But uh, I think I think there might be a little more a little bit more work involved in this one. But it's full of huge fish. I've never seen. You know, when we were down there for the national championship, I have never seen a place put out that many fish over six pounds in a tournament. It was insane how many just monster fish were getting caught. Yeah, they'll still be big and caught. Jake says it, it'll take more than 93 every day to win in November. I don't, I don't know how it fishes in November, so I don't know what's going on down there. If grass is dying or what's happening, so we'll see. Well, that, I mean – that should be a, a tournament that kayakers are on that lake actually have an advantage over the bass boats, uh, all those tight places, especially in the fall. Fish will push back shallow. Uh, should be a really fun one to just take a, it's probably the 360 and go mess around in the woods. Yep, you can get way back in there too. I mean, you can get hundreds of yards back past the tree line on Caddo. That's the kind of cool thing about it. It's going to be fun to watch. The three-day event thing that they went to last year was cool, and that's going to be good again this year, <clears throat> having to manage your fish uh, over three days in the fall. It's going to be fun to watch. Um, anybody's game, too, so we'll see. Huge fan of multi-day tournaments. I do not like fishing one day. That's not cool. I mean, you don't you don't have to factor in the fish management part. It, it takes a lot of the strategy out, in my opinion. Like, you can just, you know – burn through them on a one day day two you gotta you gotta know what you're up to yep a lot easier to get lucky on one day you're not gonna do it twice typically dylan he's a fan of one day tournaments <laughs> <laughs> not anymore dylan you've grown up now boy yeah you needed it to be a two day this time that's a <laughs> that's the truth I give him credit, man. He sat down there on, he knew the fish were there and he sat down there on those things and ground it out. And the funniest part is until we fished together this spring, he had no faith at all in a Ned rig. His daddy still don't. <laughs> and Dylan went out there and freaking cracked him on a Ned rig, <laughs> cracked him on a Ned rig yesterday. And I was take I texted dad a picture when he was getting his check and he's like, finally, finally figured out day two. I said, yeah. I said, I taught him that Ned Rig how to cash some checks. <laughs> he said, I even caught a fish on a Ned Rig the other week. So we may see uh, Papa Lowry jumping out here throwing Ned Rigs with us for too long. Yeah. yeah, if you don't throw that thing, you're just making a mistake. I know. I mean, it, catch, it catches fish. It's fish bait. It's like throwing it saying, oh, I'd never throw a Cinco. They eat it. Why wouldn't you? Yeah, there's well, a lot of money being made on those. Especially in a kayak tournament where – not having a 12 incher and only having four fish that'll be the difference between no. you could win win the tournament or not even cut a check so you've got to pick up that ned rig and catch fish did y'all see drew gregory's post his, his recap uh-uh. miss that he one. said he he uh day two was throwing back 12 and 13 inches in the morning because he didn't think he'd need them and ended Ooh. up with four at the end of the day i made that mistake before too I was throwing back fifteen and sixteen inches, Shut your but mouth. not because you didn't. Did, was it because you didn't think you'd need them? Yeah, I didn't before you had a limit, you were Nolan. Boy. I, did, I, I took a picture of like one fourteen and a half, and then I was like, man, if it's not sixteen inches, I'm not. I think I, I Damn, no, that's two, the ultimate flex. Two fourteen somethings, 
But I, I mean, really what it came down to is that I knew my top water window was not long and it's how I caught my biggest ones the first day. And I was like, I don't oh, want to waste time measuring this little fish because I'm not going to win with that anyway. If I, I threw back every fish that wasn't 16 inches, I would have had one fish in that <laughs> instead of nine. I just, <laughs> That's I depressing. I'd been around. I'd seen them in practice, so I knew it was there. It wasn't like I, you know, I don't know. I normally am not the guy to do that, but the Susquehanna is a completely different ball. I should have fished next to you and just tried to catch them in the net when you was throwing them back. <laughs> I Dang. think this is one of those deals where they say guys that are young just they just so confident they don't know any better. They're just rolling. They ain't even gonna waste time with these 14. I've never fished a tournament with edwin he stays with us a lot i've never fished a tournament with edwin where he hadn't been confident and going into this one going into this one like thursday night i didn't th that confidence was not there <laughs> at all and then i look up saturday morning he's just cracking him and i'm like what's what's going on here <laughs> what happened what happened my boy woke up ate his wheaties jumped in the hatchback and rolled out on us I mean, really, all it was is, is I just had to sneak one of your breakfast bars out of the cabinet and get me going. <laughs> yeah, I'm no, keeping an eye on you from now on. I honestly had a pretty terrible practice for that river, at least. Um, I was basing my entire tournament off of two fish catches. And I went and... The night before the tournament, I found out that if you go onto Google Earth instead of Apple Maps, it's low water, so you could tell where those deep holes were a lot better, and I just used that throughout the day and drove around and found some more fish. You didn't tell me that part. <laughs> I thought y'all was sharing information. You don't, you don't put your boy on a check, and he ain't even going to tell you about the map. No, it was all good. I, I, I wasn't asking. I was pretty, I was pretty well set on where I was going to be at. He was throwing back 15s. He wasn't asking nobody nothing. He uh, didn't. He didn't need the map. He was already. He had already found the fish. That was, that was my problem. I still needed to find them. Yeah, in, in the comments, man, Jake and uh, Josh are bringing up the. I forgot that natives bringing that mm -hmm. no limit event up there in the fall. I mean, there were two thousand fish a day caught in this thing. I think. So, yeah, that's going to be a stack. What's going to happen there? That's going to be some tired. Uh, judges yeah true that i don't that would be a horrible thing to be a judge for i can't imagine that <laughs> yeah. i wonder if they'll make they it better pay them minimum. double time is it a 14 inch minimum for them i don't know they need to make it something like that 14 they need to make it like 16 or 17 yeah it's in october dylan october are they gonna months. run any water are they gonna run any water in the fall or are they pretty much just gonna let it dry up jay said it needed to be a parking lot he said he put a bucky's and an airport in the susky it's funny. It's like a love. I've never been there, but it's a love or hate relationship from some people with that place. I really, honestly, like the the pressure had such a big effect on. It seemed like kind of the the middle to lower section of the river, but even that, like when when I got there Wednesday, it was still. I mean, it was still fishing great, right? Because there wasn't <laughs> there wasn't a hundred and twenty, let's say, people out there beating them to death but I, I think the pressure was the the biggest thing even with the low water conditions there's so many fish in that river like there really are so many fish and the guys that found these holes and pools and stuff i don't know how many y'all were catching a day but like talking to abby he's like oh I, I stood here and didn't move three feet and caught 40 fish 40 fish in a day on one spot dylan said he caught 40 or 50 off that spot on sunday like there's so many fish that that reside in the Susky, it's crazy. 
I really didn't catch that many fish because after I did my topwater bite, I just went and I looked for fish. Didn't make a whole lot of casts unless it was something that I knew would help me. Um, and then day two, I caught more, but it wasn't, you know, I still had the same mindset of don't throw unless it'll help me. But if it was one that's close, there were also some places, oh, there's a fish that there could be a fish there. So I'd throw in, but being able to, to sight fish and target out those big, bigger fish, we, we didn't, at least I didn't see the numbers that some people were, were putting up. How about you, Nolan? Right. How many did you catch? I caught a lot of fish. I don't know. <laughs> I, I wanted to. I wanted to take a, like a clipper with me because I really would have liked to see like over practice in the two days how many dang smallmouth I caught. But I don't know. I and I, I did for like three years. I kept track of every single fish and species, like every single fish by species that I caught. Oh, down to, I caught a three-inch bluegill. I kept just to see what my totals were over the year. You're like Marty it, Hughes. But I quit. I didn't do it this year because it's too. It's just a pain in the butt. Um, Been catching neat. too many. No. Get carpal <laughs> tunnel. I feel you. At the end of the year, it's cool to look back at. But I would say so. Like what I'm saying is, when people tell you, and especially a place like the Susquehanna, like I know it's full of fish and people catch a lot of fish there. But um, you know, like people say, a 50 fish day. 90% of those people caught 30 fish that day because when you actually count. <laughs> Like this, that is maybe my, one of my biggest pet peeves from the fishing world. I know that guys do catch 50 fish on the Susquehanna. That's not what I'm saying. But when guys catch 50, they probably tell you they caught 75 or a hundred because people. It's kind of like when people claim a 30 bag and they post pictures of a 22 bag. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You're a little light on that one, pal. Yeah. Post that 10 pounder Uh, that looks like a six. (laughs) But I would, I would say the first day I maybe caught 30 and then the second day, probably, I don't know, 40. Um, and most of the ones that I was catching as far as numbers go, were just on that top water. Cause I could have caught way more once I started sight fishing, but you know, you can't waste time throwing at the ones that don't help. Yeah. I'm serious. That's what you, that's yeah, I feel you, man. I look like, I look like Ray Charles at a laser light show. out there. <laughs> That's how I was sight fishing. Oh man, I did get to go swimming with Frank Reed. That was probably the highlight of my day too. <laughs> Me and Frank rolled up on each other in some rapids, and there's about a six foot hole there. He's like, "You want to swim?" I was like, "Yep." <laughs> we sat there for about a half hour just hanging out while y'all were waxing. Good stuff. There's probably a couple mm. five pounders down below your feet, Ryan. Y'all just wasted the whole. There were some the thirty pound which, carp swimming sure, around there. I'm sure Jake can answer this. What's what's like the like a freak? small mouth on the river as far as weight um i don't know like what did that i know the guy caught a 21 and a half like what does that fish weigh at its heaviest like pre-spawn i assume would be when it would weigh its jeff little I'm caught a monster up there a few years ago i want to say was it eight pounds or more it was huge freaking huge monster monster your bag on day one was 19.8 <laughs> pounds yeah, I figured it was at least over 18. Anything over five, do what? 6.7. Yeah, that sounds, I mean, that's that's huge for a river smallmouth. Um, so I, I have a friend that guides on the New River in Virginia. And uh, catching a 20-plus inch fish is, I guess, it's not easy, but it's easier on the new. But the number of between 18 and 20 
on the Susquehanna compared to the new is just like unbelievable how many fish there are, but it seems like the 21s and 22s are harder to come by um, on the Susquehanna. So that's why I was curious about it. You know, uh, those fish are shaped different. Like if you look, oh, I yeah. mean, they're, they've got like a big, most of them have a real big hump back. Like they're super wide, compact fish. This is an argument that's been had a few times, but you guys have caught smallmouth in a lot of places. I know Ryan has pet smallmouth down his way. Hardest fight and meanest smallmouth. Up on the up on the Great Lakes, Susquehanna River, down south. Where, where's the fight, the hardest fighting fish you've come across that are smallies? Susky for me, for sure. Seriously, <laughs> either it's between Susky and Winnipesaukee. There was something about those bass up there. They would, I mean, it'd take you a sixteen-inch fish would take you a couple minutes to get it pound line. I mean, the, the Tennessee River fish fight really hard, and they're good at at pulling hooks and and whatnot. But the susky, like when you hook one, especially if they can get to the current, you don't even you don't know how big it is until you know until it it breaks the surface. Like it could be fourteen inches, it could be nineteen inches. They, I mean, they're just they they fight so hard. They're hateful. They'll sit and just I mean chew. They will chew on your thumb while you're trying to while you're trying to get them on the board. Like they're they're mean fish for real. It literally will bite you. We I don't St. Lawrence boats. We've never had a tournament on St. Lawrence, but I've, you know, obviously on the elites and different things, I've seen unbelievable stories about. St. What do you Lawrence. think? I mean, you guys have fished around. What do y'all think a kayak tournament on the St. Lawrence would look like? Good idea, bad idea. Good It'd idea. The weirdest float type yeah. deal ever. You'd have to you'd have to do a float in your best spot. You might only get to hit it once, like once each day, unless you go and float multiple times. Because without a motor, you wouldn't get back up to it. Really, that and much current? Massive river fishing sixty foot of water with three mile an hour currents. Wow. Yeah, it's. I mean, when you're fishing there, you know, you'll drift through an area and you use your trolling motor to steer as you drift through. But when you want to fish it again, you get on your big motor because you're not able to troll back against really? the water. Yeah, and there's places that you can't even hold on a trolling motor to fish, like a you know 112 thrust 36 volt trolling motor highs it'll go you will go backwards in places. really yeah it's crazy. never mind we don't need to have a kite they're not ready they're not ready <laughs> it, it would not be ready. so much fun because i'm pretty sure there is not a place on that river that's less than 60 foot deep like this time of year that you can't just drift a drop shot down through there and, and catch a ton of smallmouth Wow. So I've got another another uh, tournament based question here that, that I had a conversation earlier, and this I want to get y'all's opinions on it. Pay structure. Obviously, you both just cashed big checks here at this tournament. Do y'all like the top ten percent style, or do you like the the bass like top thirty places or whatever? What do you prefer as far as fishing events, Edwin? I'll let you go first. I honestly, I love the way that Hobie does it because if you're in that top 10%, you're getting, you might not get all of your money back from entry, lodging, gas and all that, but you're very close to breaking even if you're cutting the last check. Mm -hmm. um, and then, but they're not paying out too many spots to where the, the top three aren't getting a lot of money. You're getting a very respectable amount of money for the amount that you put in with entry and everything. Yeah. Yeah. What about yeah. you? 
the whole like get your entry feedback is the dumbest thing in the world. I've never done that and been like, oh, cool. <laughs> like, it just it just makes me more mad than anything. Honestly, it's yeah. okay. Like, now I'm dead zero. Like, what is that? I don't know. I'll agree. Uh, I, I don't. I didn't want to wait the question beforehand, but yes, I completely agree. If you're gonna cash a check, cash a good check. If you're, you know, if you're just there trying to win your entry feedback, then you probably shouldn't enter the tournament in the first place. Yeah, yeah. I'm of the opinion that as as entry fees go up, because ours are so low right now relative to the sport of tournament bass fishing. I mean, kind of entry awesome. fees are so low. Uh, if we get up in the five hundred, eight hundred, a thousand dollar entry fees, you know, maybe we we can pay down further to give more of a shot of people. Like I said, you don't want to win your entry fee back, but if you pay down 15% of the field uh, for folks laying out a thousand bucks or 800 bucks or whatever, it gives more of a shot of being feasible to follow a trail at that point. Um, but you don't want to thin it out so much, like you said, where you're winning back barely your entry fee. It, you know, what's the point of that down at the last five or 10 spots. So Bob, what happens when we go out there and the wind blows 10 miles an hour? That's what I want to know. I don't know if y'all see that comment. You just oh. like, oh, 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 you talking about our boy Bob, the the Coon King. Yeah, <laughs> I, that's. I would love to go fish someplace cool like that, but Hobie does have to keep in mind we need to be still able to go out and fish. You know, that's a whole other question, Ryan. Is some of these events that don't pull attendance, you know, that haven't pulled attendance, certain regions, events, whatever. What do we do there? Are, are Hobie, Bass, whoever, are they going to just say, don't, don't go bait? back. Yeah. Cut yep. bait and stay in the South. And well, I mean, look how, how many of those tournaments have we for no personal gain of our own pled with people to show up? Like you say, you want these tournaments brought to your area and then you don't show up. You don't get a tournament anymore. Like that's, I mean, that's how that works. Like it's like, it's like the WNBA, right? It, 100%. it is it is like the WNBA. If nobody's watching, nobody cares. Nobody's that, that is kind of kind of frustrating for the turnouts being low because like the northeastern Hobie tournaments, Champlain and Winnipesaukee, like those are those were two of the most fun events I've ever fished aside from the Susquehanna. And people not enough people show up to go back to those places again i mean there's clearly great great fisheries in the north really i mean there are but when you look at people like the the majority of the the core that are keeping this up they're not they're a lot like myself included they're a lot less likely to drive somewhere that's 15 hours away 20 hours away because why you don't have to because you've got three or four tournaments right here in the area so on those, it's up to those local guys to, you know, to come out and show up and make Hobie or Bass or whoever it is see that it's worth the investment of coming back because if they don't pull numbers from out of town, they don't get that municipality money thrown in, right? And that's that's where, you know, they're making their money is from the, the different communities and stuff paying to host these events, right? So if you don't show up, not only are you cutting your own throat, but you're also hurting the organization too, because they bet on you showing up and you failed. Yeah. Well, uh, I so think it was Winnipesaukee. I looked at a like local tournament events previously just to figure <laughs> out what kind of numbers you'd need to put up to cut a check. And there were several local events that had, I'm not sure if it was the same, same number or even more, um, more competitors than the actual Hobie event had. 
Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Scheduling too. I mean, that's kind of on, on these guys that run the local clubs and stuff like probably better for your guys, for you to work with these organizations instead of against them, just to spite it. And Tyler Zingerly in the comments said, uh, Dardanelle only has 119. Um, I'm not saying these events have to sell out for place people to go back, but you better be pulling 125, 150 for the big time events to come back to your area, not, you know, below a hundred. I think Darnell last year only had 124 at the day of the tournament. So 119 this early is not too bad. Just see how it shakes out when the tournament gets here. Uh, but you gotta, you gotta show a, a decent, a decent showing for your club region, whatever it is uh, for these events to keep coming back. Like I said, the cities aren't going to pay. They get wise to this. If you start, especially any city that's been burned by other orgs over promising and under delivering, we don't, you know, we can do another whole other talk about that. We could. And that is a big issue. Like I want tournament directors, especially as you kind of grow and, and host these bigger events, don't, don't just blow smoke up these guys' asses. Don't be, you know, pulling like, oh, well, you know, they're all going to bring four family members and three cars down here. Like <laughs> keep it, you know, keep it feasible because if you don't deliver on that, then the next guy that comes asking to host a tournament there is burnt already because they don't believe anything a kayak angler says to them. So keep that in mind. Yeah, I got into that combo with a couple of the KFL boys that were throwing the – one million views across some comments. And I, and I wasn't even making million. fun of them. I'm like, that's just bad information. Don't do that because it hurts. The, you know, I, whether I participate in your club, whether it's KBF, KBF, KFL, Bass, whatever, I'm in kayak fishing. So if you're doing stuff that hurts kayak fishing by throwing false numbers around, I'm going to say no. Don't. We do talked that. about that with a big sponsor, and it wasn't KFL, but it was someone's uh, a podcast. It was a podcast. And he's like, oh, I've got, you know, whatever 10,000 views you know live views or whatever well guess what you click on the podcast you click on the youtube and you can see there's six people watching like you can't you can't overhype stuff that far or, or you've <laughs> you've dug yourself a hole so let's try to keep it realistic here yeah so we're, get, we're getting all serious on you minor brother sorry sorry uh-oh uh-oh that daddy's in the comments daddy's making a case for that aoy again i want aj to contract Father Miner <laughs> to design the AOI point system. That's what I want. Do you see that profile picture there of, of Todd? Hey, that's, if that's you, him on the If you ever meet Sussman. Todd, he's yeah. laid back with his mind on his money, son. He ain't worried about nothing. Yeah, I think that's a picture of him on the banks of the Susky watching his boys come down and, and cash the first and second place check at the end of the day. He was actually throwing a wacky rig while sitting in that chair. Okay. He showed me he showed me the picture of his his fish finder <laughs> and it looked like something I would do. It was just lines on top of lines on top of lines just going back and forth on this one area with a freaking wacky rig. Yeah, that's awesome. Yep. I like it. I appreciate the stubbornness. Yeah. Well, Ryan, let's let's get these boys out of here, man. I know they're beat. I know you're beat. You just pulled in from Pennsylvania, but <laughs> I get to drive to Memphis here in a couple man. hours, so yeah. don't worry. Yeah, unbelievable performance, guys. We're so happy for both of you. Um, you guys keep doing big things. You're the future of the sport, literally. You young yeah, guys. we need more young people doing this. I think I that agree. would be something I would love to see. And for some reason, if there's not a big, flashy boat that goes really fast involved, people seem to forget about bass fishing, which I don't think – I think there's more guys out there that like to do it just because it's fishing. So, and How do we make it cooler? How do we make it more appealing in closing? I think that's just going to take time because this is still relatively new. Like there's guys, my friends that I fished with in college, they don't, 
they it's very surprising to them that we're fishing out of these boats for a two hundred dollar entry fee with the opportunity to win ten grand. That is cool enough. That is by far cool enough to make people show up. Uh, I don't know how you can make it better than that. Do like, we need a reality show? Maybe. Yeah. I mean, y'all kind of okay. already got that going on here. I think. All right. Okay. Uh, since Nolan mentioned the younger people getting into it, like, so I fished out of actually my school's team kayak and. If there's anyone that is in high school looking to get into it, we're trying to grow the team. Um, you know, that's that's something that colleges are starting. There's college kayak fishing now, and if you don't have the money to get to the get get one of these Hobie kayaks or whatever kayak you want to fish out of with the pedal drive, they're very pricey for a piece of plastic. Uh, but no, it's there's i know campbellsville has a team with kayaks that's a that's an alternate route to buying your own kayak to try out to see if you want to pursue this kayak fishing yeah and if you get the one edwin uses you get his waypoints so that's right keep that in mind too uh, probably not that's jackson's graph (laughs) good stuff man all right let's wrap it congrats again guys seriously Awesome to hang out with y'all and get to see, you know, both of you just go one and two slaying, you know, enough to win any tournament, but much less a low water level tournament where y'all just beat them to death. It wasn't even close. That was awesome. Yeah, man. Thank you. Go watch Nolan's YouTube tomorrow. Make sure y'all watch that YouTube video. Send me the link. Send me the link. We're going to throw it up first thing. Live premiere. Live premiere. KBN. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. All right, boys. All right. Y'all have a good one. Not too much fun.